Welcome, shit. Welcome, everyone, to the Amory Score. I am Jackson. I am joined by Molly. Hi. And we're back. We're back after a little bit of a break. Uh, we're a little, or a week later than we uh, intended to be, um, and we'll get back. We on. gave you two. We gave you two episodes. Don't listen. You got two. Yep. Um, there's been trouble at the Abnormal Mapping Network. If you um, want to find out what's going on, head over to Patreon.com/slash/AbnormalMapping. There is a update. Uh, M's dad sadly passed and that's because america's really cool like you can't just have a family member die you also have to then go through the logistic hell of going how the fuck am i going to afford to live anymore uh it's very good yeah so we've all been dealing with that the network slowed down a bit but we're here with amory school we're here to give you the content that you crave uh and we're it's gonna, new... we're gonna brighten your day we're gonna brighten your day that's one way of putting it it's a new album it's been a long time since we started a new album because of how long In Keeping Secrets took to get through as we switched to a two-week schedule, uh, which we did so that we could be like on point and ready to go um, when this album with comics like finished releasing, which they're about at issue nine now, so we should still be on track. We might have to mess about a bit in case there's any delays on the comic side. S- yeah, the good news is that we do have filler content prepped. Yes, we do. Uh, in that exact situation. So we'll be able to... There there will be episodes every two weeks, should everything go smoothly. Uh, yeah, we have um, we have plans. But... Whew, oh, God. What that means is I need to summarize what the fuck is going on in the world of, like, the real world uh, to Coheed and Cambria the band. And set some context for this album, because you kind of need a little bit of context for this album. <laughs> 
the year is 2005. The year is 2005. Cohen and Cambria uh, have made a bunch of money off In Keeping Secrets because they had some singles that were pop songs that did pretty well. Uh, and so they decide it's time for a time for a new album. Um, they get picked up by Columbia Records for this album. Yes, it is their first major label album, which means you would expect it to be slightly less atop its bullshit. Ah, no, you see the bullshit is very important. And it's what makes everything good. And so we must be at our peak bullshit. This album is called Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. Uh, It is the first part in the fourth and final chapter of the Amory Wars, uh, and the third released in the saga, because... Nothing makes sense. Numbers don't apply here. We don't have to worry about those. They're not real. The only numbers you have to worry about are star four, and that's it. Star four, star four. Star star four, four, Appity Prime. Appity Prime, star four. And Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. But, um... The crucial bit of context here is the band just continues being the band. There's, like, stuff with the drummer who, like, uh, this is Josh Eppard's last album with the band for a while. He, like, eventually comes back, but that's years years from now. He will come back and Um, we'll have opinions on all this shit that's about to go down, but not yet. Yes. This is the last album with Josh Eppard because, like, they record this album and because they've blown up so big, they're, like, going on European tours and stuff. And it's just too much for him. He's an anxious boy uh, and doesn't show up to the tour. (laughs) Yeah, he just didn't go. Um, so he's gone. Uh, he is not the band member that fares worst in reasons for leaving. Ah, no. Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, but, uh, it is sad to see him go, but luckily this is, he is on this album. I like his drumming quite a bit. Yeah, he's good. Um, the other bit of important context is that this is a breakup album, uh, between, or some point before In Keeping Secrets came out, but like during the writing of it, um, Claudio started dating Chandra Eschert or Eckert. So uh, it's Eschert, I think. And also uh, in 2002, they started dating. Okay. So they started dating before In Keeping Secrets, 2002. um, And during the writing of this album, I'm fairly early on in the writing of this album, I assume um, uh, they break up. Um, I think like he was going to ask her to marry him. Uh, and she was like, actually, I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, I can't deal with you being on the road all the time. I can't deal with the musician life. So. Yeah. And so what we have here is a breakup album. How it is a breakup album will become very apparent as we go through the songs. But that is, that sets the stage for one of the, the great breakup albums. <laughs> This is a powerful breakup album. If you have oh. the worst breakup, this album's for you. Uh, my ex, uh, when she broke up with her boyfriend before we got together, spent the entire summer listening to this album without even realizing what it was about. So truly the dark energy that radiates <laughs> through it is real. It's real and it will draw you in and you have to be very careful. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why... It- Anyway, that's the context. We are going to get into the comic now, and we'll talk about the first song later. It's only like an introduction song, um, but that's because there's two introduction songs this album. You heard the first one, and the second one's coming at the end. Uh, but before we get into the comic, before we talk about the comic, let's have a quick summary of where we are so far. What has happened? If you're just joining us for the first time, can we fit the events 
of Second Stage Turbine Blade and E Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, the comics, into two minutes. Molly, I need you let to me, be on your game. Let me do my best ready? here. Limber up. I'm, I'm, I'm stretched up. I'm ready. Okay. All right. So. Three, two. Oh. One. Go. So uh, our friend, Mayo, Mayo Deftonwolf, uh, talks to Coheed, who is a iRobot who has been infected unknowingly with the Monstar virus. He has had children with Camria, also an iRobot. And their children uh, now have the Sinistar virus, which threatens to destroy the entire universe. After Mayo tells Coheed this, he just goes, oh, okay, I'll kill my kids then. Uh, And he proceeds to do so. Uh, He kills Matthew, Maria, Josephine, after being brutally attacked, is also killed by Coheed before Claudio comes home, finds out what happened, and then runs away after Coheed and Cambria both get kidnapped. So they get sent away. Uh, Claudio goes and hides with uh, a boy named Cecil, and then uh, Coheed and Cambria have a fight with Crom. They have a fight with Mayo. They meet up with Jesse, who is the leader of the Resistance, along with his girlfriend wife, uh, Mariah, and they try to make it back to save their ch- their child, Claudio. Uh, however, they are thwarted and eventually taken to... God, where are they taken? Is it just some planet? It's Paris Earth. It's Paris Earth, that's right. They get taken to Paris Earth where uh, Mayo releases about one billion dragonflies, each ejected with the serum that is supposed to bite just exactly uh, Coheed and Cambria, where they get turned into monster people, and then they go and ignite or extinguish Star 4, uh, this causes nine planets to be thrown out of no, whack. No, star heaven's seven. It's oh, excuse star me, seven. star seven. Listen, there's a lot of stars. Uh, star yeah. seven is thrown out of whack, which throws nine planets, which are our solar system, out into the ether outside of what is heaven's fence, uh, where the rest of the planets are. There are now sixty-nine planets left. Nice. Nice. Uh, Cambria kills Coheed, and then seeing all that they have wrought, kills herself, uh, and that is where the second stage turbine blade leaves off i realize that these summaries will only make you more confused because that like every third word is a term that needs like <laughs> six six paragraphs of in-universe explanation for what the fuck it means just roll with it it's fine or the prize will die but it doesn't really matter because they're kind of still around yeah the universe so, wives they're all dead but then they come back it's fine it's fine uh, that's that's second stage uh, <laughs> in keeping secret silent earth 3 let's keep this quick let's go okay in keeping secret silent earth 3 jesse leads a rebellion back to fight wilhelm ryan ryan fights him uh eventually gets captured and is put on trial by jesse uh however it's the worst trial in history wilhelm ryan manages to prove that he is actually god in the eyes of many uh, and then Jesse is just extremely owned for the rest of the comic, and he's very hate, upset about it. I hate when I arrest uh, the, like, I hate when I arrest the most evil person in the universe for war crimes, and then when I put them on trial, they prove that they're God. <laughs> it's the worst. I hate that. How could I have fucked up so deeply? It's it's a lot. Um, meanwhile. Meanwhile, uh, Jesse's children, Chase and Sizer, um, are... Going on various paths, Sizer ends up getting captured in the first battle against Ryan's forces and tortured by Mayo, eventually being cut in half by a laser chainsaw and just thrown into uh, a dump. Chase is a girl who really believes in the prophecy, the Gonsgrod, and goes to do some training with the prize before eventually reforming a bunch of prize via special energy visual powers uh, that she magically has. Claudio, however... 
kind of just hanging out in Goddardam, an awful place, while Ambelina looks for him. He does a lot of schemes to try and get off the planet so he doesn't have to deal with his destiny, but it eventually goes wrong. Uh, Ambelina catches up with him, finally convinces him to embrace his destiny after much arguing, uh, and they leave the planet with Al the Killer, a literal murderer who has a wife or a fridge full of dead wives. Uh, this is unfortunate. So eventually they end up leaving Goddardam, uh, where they go to try and save Cecil. They uh, don't. They don't. They end up killing Cecil instead, and then they blame I Ryan it for it. <laughs> they blame Ryan for his direct fuck up. Uh, and then they go to fight Ryan himself on Appity Prime, where they try to attack uh, House Atlantic. Jesse is there because he really has just the biggest beef with Ryan <laughs> because he's like, damn, you're God now and I fucked up and now I have to kill God. That's messed up. Uh, uh, so but it's okay because God has a robot. God does have a mech suit. House Atlantic turns into a mech suit powered by one Admiral Crom, who was thought to be killed in the first uh, book. He was not. So he's now the computer. He is now the computer for House Atlantic. Uh, Ryan's the just way chilling. That, the the way that they turn into the to the mech suit is like all the prize who are like the blue wives of the universe with magic powers to like prevent anything bad from happening. He like absorbs them all and turns them into the energy to power his evil suit. So now there is no magic wives to protect anyone anymore, except Ambelina, who is only there to fuck Claudio. Um, and also, all her wings got cut off, so you know. Yeah. So you know. Um, and anyway, they deflect a big blast from the big robot, and then they almost have a victory. Uh, I like the recap inside the first issue of the, uh, comic we're reading now, Good Apollo, that just says, Reveling in a near victory over the galaxy's malignant <laughs> dictator, Wilhelm Ryan, Inferno stands to make his next move. Inferno is Jesse. Inferno. <laughs> Inferno is Jesse. But within the team of rebels, discontent is brewing. Claudio Kilgannon, a key player in Ryan's upheaval and the potential living instrument set to end the universe, uh, has begun questioning the intentions of their own headstrong leader. Amidst Claudio's confusion about his ability to change the path of his destiny and his growing lack of faith in Inferno's direction, indecision has started to chip away at the long-held belief of those aboard the Grail Arbor, giving Ryan just the time he needs to reconfigure a new strategy for universal domination. So before we begin, there are two things that are actually important here. Everything else fucking no one cares. Um, the first being Claudio is destined to both destroy and save the universe these are the same thing this has never been elaborated on or really talked about much yes the crowing is destined to burn star 4 thus destroying the keywork, which is the magic like energy that keeps all the planets in place yeah. and we know he has to succeed because the end of the actual story has to be all the planets going away and just leaving our solar system. <laughs> because it was removed from Heaven's Fence, you see. Yes, yes. God. Um, it's never made clear if he has to save the universe by destroying it or he gets to choose. It's not clear. Nobody knows. But eventually, I think we do end up with just nine planets. So... You know, we don't know. We we are reading this comic for the first time along with you. It isn't even all out yet. So we don't we genuinely don't know. My favorite part is the thought that like we send off those nine planets and then later on there's just a bunch of people on Earth who go, "Nah, Pluto's not the real one. There's only eight now." So, man, we just Heaven's Fence had the count wrong in the first place. Sorry, everybody. A long time ago on a galaxy like 5 seconds away. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, god. Anyway, uh this comic 
is credited to Story by Claudio Sanchez, uh, written by Chandra Eshert, illustrated by Rags Morales, and coloured by Emilio Lopez. Um, the very important and interesting part of this... It's very is, interesting. ...is that we talk about how this is a breakup album, and it is written by Chandra, who is the person that broke up with him and caused him to make this angry breakup album. That is the dynamic at play here. This this comic fascinates me. I have read the first few issues, um, and it is easily the actual best comic that uh, we're going to cover in terms of just being a thing that is written as a story. Yeah, it, you are saying that like it's very apparent it is written by a woman. It's very apparent it's written by a woman, and also it's very apparent that it's written by someone who understands that these characters suck. So let's get in to why that's the case. Let's... <sighs> Alright, we've we have preambled long enough. It is time to tell you the story of Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> we open on a typewriter. A typewriter. The typewriter... Uh, is like cut into the, like an insert on the first page, and it has like uh, the preamble text for this, um, uh, for this comic, which says, "If man should decide to dabble in my affairs, then guardians must intervene. But should I come forth and change the face of man with you there to challenge me, then I shall return with the stars to destroy all I have made." Whether man or I present that danger will not be told in the coming. Uh, from God. <laughs> yes, from God. <laughs> it doesn't say from, but it does have like the little dashes. It just says God. God. Uh, so God said that. <laughs> I know what the fuck that means. He's like, uh, so uh, if man should dabble in uh, the work of God, which is a thing they've talked about before, then the, the guardians must intervene. The guardians are the price because you can't just keep all. You can't just have one made up word for everything. He has to have like six different terms for what anything means. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, but should I come forth and change the face of man with you there to challenge me, uh, then I shall return with the stars to destroy the all I've made. So basically, it sounds like God... It, it's What it sounds like is after the last time where Wilhelm Ryan proved that he was God once and for all, God's a bit pissed off with this. He's like, how and fucking like, dare you? If I show up and tell you how it's going to be, that's how it's going to be. <laughs> and if you don't listen... Then, then everything's gonna get wiped out, and that's just you're gonna have to deal with it from God. From God. So that's that's where we begin. The rest of the page is uh, Claudio running in uh, to a room in a spaceship. There's smoke everywhere, and our first scene begins. He's running past like a bunch of people, uh, all hidden behind walls. He's trying to evacuate them, uh, like he's on the Grey Lava, evacuating people, and then suddenly the Red Army are behind him. Right. Then, so he's saving people. They, uh, the Red Army yells, "We have permission to kill everybody not behind a door." Uh, let's let's go. And so Claudio activates his powers. The people start running, uh, and he starts firing off his powers at the Red Army. Uh, the people kind of hesitate. They're not sure what to do. Uh, and eventually, Claudio ends up accidentally killing a bunch of people and a child. Yep, he is, he is not being able to control his crowing powers. Uh, he tries to, like... Um, one of them drops their doll in the escape, uh, and he tries to get the doll, but that like his his powers go out of control, and the explosion kills too many people near to him. Uh, and this child dies. Uh, this scene 
is so far and away better than anything that has ever come before because what we have is we have here's the beats uh claudia runs into room tries to evacuate people is shown to emotionally care for them and like what happens to them he attempts uh to like make space for them to run away uh but is unable to control his powers and then um uh, like kills a kid he was trying to protect not just like some uh you know, he's not like getting mad at Ryan for something he did. It's like, oh, very clear. A to B tried to save people. One person died. Yeah. Oh my god! Someone who knows how stories work is writing this thing. <laughs> Holy it's, shit! Like, it's not. It's not even like good. It's just functional. It's just yes. You established a character. They have a conflict, and now they have to deal with something. It's amazing. This hasn't been the case for two <laughs> entire series. Because all of our conflict before is, I don't want to be a hero. Blech. I don't want to be God. I don't want to be God's instrument of death. Uh, at which point, <laughs> he's like, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. And who could appear? But Wilhelm Ryan himself, the man, uh, now dressed exclusively as Thanos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's no longer a weird, creepy, like, uh, wart mage. Uh, like, he is, but he's got so much armor on, he just looks like Thanos. Yeah. Uh, so he appears next to Claudio and says, do you believe intention will be of comfort to her family? Uh, and so Claudio tries to attack him. Uh, he teleports away. And uh, Ryan goes, a child killer? Why does that sound so familiar? Ah, yes, just like your father. Thank you! Fucking, fucking... We've been saying... Thank you! <laughs> Somebody! We've been saying, someone finally understands these comics are terrible. <laughs> Cody and Cambria are murderers of their own kids. They're not good. They're not... They're like, not heroes. He, They're not role models. The entire last comic was all about him dealing with, like, his vision of Coheed. Uh, and Coheed being like, man... You you don't actually hate me. You just like uh, you're like angry at yourself, and you're projecting on me. And and this comic comes in and is like, I mean, he did fucking murder his kids. To be fair, to be like fair, he, on this, like he, he did, did murder his kids. Uh, at which point, Claudia goes whole simulation, and like Ambelina shows up like holodeck style, walking through the image of um, uh, Wilhelm Ryan. Yeah. Uh, so she says, "Let's try this again," uh, and then we cut to. A gross room mm -hmm. with a typewriter. Uh, there's just a sickle on the wall. There is just a sickle on the wall. There is just a sickle on the wall next to like a dartboard. Yep. It's it's uh it's uh, uh also there's a bicycle down in the bottom corner. Yes, um, there is a lot of important <laughs> stuff in here, folks. I don't know why the bicycle is in his basement, but yeah, you know. Uh, I guess this is the it. it kind of makes maybe. more sense to keep it in your living room. Sure, sure, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, there's a speech panel that just says, God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the panel under it is a lady fucking a dude. Uh, and, you know, they're doing sex dude, stuff. They're doing, I mean, they're not doing sex stuff. They're just having sex. Yeah, they're just But the dude sex. looks like he's asleep. He's definitely asleep. Uh, but uh, the lady says, you know I still love you, Ryder. Uh, and Ryder says, I love you too, Ambelina. And the lady, like, transforms in this panel into Amblina. Uh, and then the next panel is, like, the original uh, regular lady being like, hang on, excuse me. Pardon. What the fuck did you excuse say? Excuse you. Excuse me. How dare um, you? Yeah. 
And then it cuts to like outside the house where she hasn't had the entire time to get dressed after this fucking embarrassing sexual encounter. Uh, and he is still barely putting his jeans on and yeah. like falling over during the Well, he was asleep. He wasn't moving very quick. <laughs> she got mad. He, she, she got mad. She jumped up and he's like, wait, what? Where am I? Oh, uh, hey. Oh, you're getting less naked now, I guess. And he's like, just wait, I can explain. What happened there was an accident. She's not even real. Uh, And um, Erica, who is... Have we said Erica yet? She's called Erica. Her name's Uh, Erica. Uh, Erica is on this page. So this is where she's introduced. Her name is Erica. Her name is Erica. This other guy's Ryder. And Erica is like, "Uh, what I can't handle is the fact that you don't care about us long enough to stop living in this fantasy world of yours. Uh, to and which writer, goes, writer responds, yes. it's not a fantasy, Erica. It's a story. Yeah. Besides, we're talking about a character inspired by you. It's flattering, isn't it? Uh, it is not. She tells her him to fuck off with this bullshit. Yeah, um, and he brings up some past relationship where she lied. Uh, He's like, what, I should keep a secret like you did with that guy you were singing? I'm sorry that I'm not an expert liar like you are. Like, fuck like off. Also, that's not that's the same, the same thing. thing. <laughs> it's, not, it's extremely not the same thing. Like, you you said somebody else's name while you were fucking. She uh, kept a, li- a secret from somebody, I guess? She didn't. She, she like You didn't say someone else's name. You said, like, the name of your fictional character that you've projected onto her uh, while you were fucking. Yeah. Uh, she just, like, cheated on you, which is bad, but, like, people do that. <laughs> like, that happens. And clearly happens. you've forgiven her because you're still together. Uh, and, she's, and he's like, you have to stay with me. You're my muse. And she just fucking throws off uh, his arm and is like, find someone else to be your muse, Ryder. Uh, so... What we're saying is this is a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> what we have here is, let's step back. We're going to explain these pages. Uh, this is Ryder. <laughs> this is Ryder. Um, he looks an awful lot like Claudio. Weird that. Weird that he would look like that. Uh, to Ryder, the Emory Wars are like a fictional story that he is writing. And Ambelina, the character, is based on Erica, his girlfriend. Yes. Uh, in the real world... Ambelina, the character, is based on Claudio's girlfriend. So, who could say what's going on? No one can tell. Who knows? Who could say? Who knows? There's no and way. And then she breaks up. <laughs> yep. There's no way. There's no way. And then she breaks up with him for being too much into his fucking story that he can't actually keep human relationships up. Uh, it's pretty good. Like, so... As written, this story, like, in the album, expects you to have a lot of sympathy uh, for Ryder, um, who, who is who is referred to as the writing writer. Uh, Ryder is a new name from this comic. <laughs> yeah. Because um, uh, it's all from his perspective. But here, we're, like, because of how this was, like, produced, we actually have scenes written by the person who had to break up with someone for being an idiot, where they are telling the character they are being an idiot and breaking up with them. It's pretty good. Uh, and it's, again, sets up, like, it's not an... It, like, Ryder still sucks. Ryder always sucks. You can't make Ryder unsuck. But it is a scene written by someone knows how scenes work. Like, Ryder wants to be with uh, Erica. Right. Goal established. Then Ryder says someone else's name in bed. Then she gets mad and walks away. And then we, like, are, like feel sad for Ryder because he fucked up. Uh, the A to B storytelling. I'm so happy. I shouldn't be happy that, like, the most basic of foundational storytelling is uh, yeah, on display here. And yet, here we are, because we haven't had this before. 
We haven't had this before. The other anyway. interesting thing about this, I think, is that uh, Good, Good Apollo, the album, is you know written by Claudio. It's his version of what this breakup is. Uh, yeah. And can are, are we cool to say like names of songs that are coming up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, like now that the like premise of this album, this jewel story, has been finally yes. revealed, we can be a bit. We've been hiding this from people because they didn't know. Uh, so the thing is, like, there are songs on this album called "The Lying Lies and Dirty Secrets of Miss Erica Court." Like, very clearly, this is I didn't do anything wrong. You hurt me. This is your fault, and I am going to kill you for it. But in the in the comic, it starts more like, "Hey." You're an idiot. You couldn't keep things straight, and that's why I broke up with you. So, I mean, it, it's a very interesting thing. I wouldn't necessarily say that that's what the album is. Uh, I think it's more similar to the Alba Killer stuff, where, uh, like, in like it leans into how fucking terrible the writer is and thus claudia is but in like leaning doubly into making it like extreme it doesn't have to engage with the actual way it's fucked up yeah um, like the the album is all about like metaphors uh and like oh the lying lies dirty secrets and you know everyone like it's a fucking ridiculous space opera where everyone's killing each other all the time um so, but this scene is much more just like, no, you're a shitty man. You're just a shitty man. You, you're just a pathetic idiot. Like, and you never get that beat in the in the story uh, before this because Cody is never himself aware enough to put it in. Right. Exactly. Uh, um, but, then afterwards, yeah. we cut to uh, the story again. We cut back to um, uh, when we say story. Sorry, when we say story, we're going to mean uh the science fiction okay world. we say the real well i guess we could just call it writer. like the fiction because that's what they're going to call yeah. it we could do that call it the f- i guess we could anyway within the fiction we cut back to house atlantic yes so we see crom uh inside who says house atlantic's restored operating at full functionality uh and wilhelm reiner replies your god is pleased admiral crom <laughs> Uh, and you know he's like House Atlantic has risen from the dead just as I have but unlike me it could not rely on its own divinity for a resurrection it relied on you what I like about this is that basically what's happening here is Crumbs being like Windows is updated don't worry your files are exactly where you left them Uh, hello welcome back and and Ryan obviously responds with your god accepts this as true (laughs) I'm pleased with your updates uh, considering the actual god of this universe, quote unquote, god of this universe, is a fucking idiot man who can't even like keep his because obviously his girlfriend's beautiful uh, and the characters he imagines are beautiful, even though he's in like an obvious idiot fuck up. He can't even like keep those relationships going, uh, despite the fact that like he shouldn't by any rights have any relationship this good. Right. Uh, this is the more sympathetic god, is what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, somehow. <laughs> somehow, Will and Ryan. Um. But we cut to the scene where Ryan is killed by Jesse, uh, and he talks about this is this is still Ryan just bragging about they thought they killed me, but they did not kill me. I'm still God, uh, and he's like, God, hang on, I, I've lost my train of thought completely there. Well, he's like, um, I discovered that man needn't relinquish his his obedience to me beyond the grave. The souls who attacked me in the after must be controlled. And when they are, who could stand against such an army? He's like saying how by dying and coming back, he understands death and understands like the nature of the universe. And thus, uh, he is more powerful than any human could be. Right. Yes. Um, 
so uh, he talks about destroying the universe and starting it again. That's where we're at. Ryan's plan is now nobody, like everybody who doesn't obey me will pay for this. I will destroy the universe and recreate it in my image. Yeah, he's like, a god must be willing to do anything to restore the faith among the masses, even if it means destroying the universe and starting again. Uh, So now what we have is two sides, uh, one of which are the good guys, one of which are the bad guys, both of which are going to destroy the universe? Question mark? Question mark? So I don't understand anything. Uh, It's... (laughs) Okay, so what I'm assuming, I'm actually not sure if... Ryan is capable of this, first of all. Like, he's very powerful, but we have not seen him, like, destroy a planet. We actually haven't really seen him do anything. Like, I mean, he's mostly he's, been, like, he's tricking built other mechanics. Right, he's been tricking people. He's been, like, kidnapping prize or whatever. But he himself hasn't really done anything, so we don't really know what kind of, like, power level he's working on here, because it could be anything. But, like, even when he came back to life, that was, like, he his essence was teleported into another body that he had hollowed out and it was like very clearly a trick that he had played in order to like convince everyone he was god um so i don't know what this actually means we'll see what his plan is i don't know what his plan is yeah. I, don't, I have not read far enough to know what his plan is so i guess it's like one person destroying the universe versus the other but one's a good guy and one's a bad guy so with one person it's a good thing and the other one's a bad thing uh, we don't. We, uh, Jackson? I think Jackson? Cohen and Cambria might suck. Jackson, this yes. is Homestuck. I don't. I don't know what Homestuck is. Home, this is Homestuck. Homestuck. Okay. Don't worry about it. This is Homestuck, right, though. Fine. Everybody out there, not... just know. Uh, anyway, so. I can't believe you fucking referenced Homestuck on this podcast. Who can't you? you? Can't you? <laughs> I guess I can. <laughs> uh, so we cut back to Ryder. Um, and no. the first Who's thing still, he does is puke on his front sh- lawn. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking peeked on his front lawn. This guy is the most pathetic man who has ever existed. Um, so he's calling back to Erica, like, please wait. I understand everything you're saying. I just have to ask one more thing of you. And, and then, she's like, this whole time, you're a fucking mess. You need to get help. Oh my god, leave me alone. Please go away. I have to go. Uh and <laughs> And he falls on the ground and then gets up. Puke dripping from his mouth. And he says uh, I know you're upset with me right now, but we can get through this. We can get through anything, right? Erica Court, will you marry me? And it's like, really, right now, my guy? Right now? Literally, the next panel is her going, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this embarrassing fool. So, um, so... And she's like, I knew coming here was a bad idea. The last thing you can handle is a relationship. Uh and he's like, oh, I know I can be difficult sometimes, but things are noisy and you help them keep quiet. And she just goes, yes, take your meds, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, just take your medicine, please. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, but then the silence is overwhelming. I can't write without a little noise. And the dreams, you keep them at bay. Uh, so he's begging her to stay. And she's just like, listen, my answer is not a chance. Why don't you write that into your story? Uh and she, he tries to protest, and she just goes, I'm not talking about this anymore. I'm leaving. And she I gets, broke up with you two pages ago. Could you go away? <laughs> yeah. She gets in her car, slams the door on him, and then just drives off while he's crying. He's like, I'll still be waiting for you when you come back. Please come back. <laughs> like it's, a moron. Oh, my God, dude. This guy has got so owned. It's just... 
He's just... It's not even like he's owned. He's just an idiot. Oh, he is just an idiot. Anyway, Meanwhile, we uh, cut back, back to Amberlina. In the fiction. In the fiction. On, uh, on the... Um, fuck, the Grey Lava? Yes, the Grey Lava. Yeah. Uh, we have Amberlina and Claudia actually having a conversation and establishing what their relationship is for the first time in this entire comic. Because they've just insulted each other back and forth. Yes, the all they've done all is they've just done. argue and bicker. Which, you know, is secret man writing for, oh, they're in love. Ooh. Yeah. Whereas now, Claudia's like, you can't just storm off when when this doesn't go as you like. I'm trying to compare you. I like I am making these simulations hard, so you have to learn to control your power. Uh, whereas Claudia is understandably annoyed, like, I'm finished with simulation for today. Child killer is a low blow. You know what the hell that, like, could do to me. Uh, and she's like, yeah, I do. That's why I did it. You have to be prepared for this stuff. So finally we have a situation where the two protagonists both have, like, understandable perspectives in an argument uh, that are shaped by their own experiences and, like, the conflict between those perspectives is what drives the drama. I can't believe this is an actual story at last. <laughs> We've stumbled into good writing. Or, We've like, stu- not even good writing, but writing with I, a purpose. This is decent writing, and this is fine. Like, yeah. this is this is what writing is. Like, you have two characters, uh, both of which have their own perspective shaped by, the, like, their experiences, uh, and then you have them, like, talk it out. Uh, that is, like, that is just what how drama works, and I'm very happy that it's finally reached the Amory Wars. Um, so, Claudio... Uh, insists that like the training doesn't matter. I'm going to destroy the entire universe anyway. What the fuck is Thank the point? You. Thank you. Finally, someone brings it up. What's the point of this whole thing if the like end goal is to just destroy the universe? So what uh, Ambelina says is because the crowing can be a tool of redemption, Claudio, and for the safety of everyone on the ship, you have to learn to keep focus. You are God's blade, and that must mean you have to be sharp. Uh, and she goes to friends of the table ass line right there. <laughs> And she starts to talk about the Gons Grad with the with the prophecy and all of that stuff. Um, and then he says, okay, we all know that shit, but what about what it leaves out? Uh, and Emily is like, okay, well, yeah, there is that whole situation with the Tri-Mage and how he's God now. Maybe that one doesn't that- really come up. <laughs> Well, that, they never really say that, so who knows? And then Emily, and then Claudia is like, "Oh yeah, how are your sisters doing? Oh, why don't you ask me about my family? Oh right, everyone's dead. Everyone, <laughs> everyone is we, dead, Ambelina. Everyone we've ever cared about is gone because we've been blindly following some vague prophecy. With what we've been through and all that stands to come, how can your conviction still be so strong?" And I'm like, "Fucking finally." finally because it's true because this is the shit that we complained about last time when everyone just kind of goes through this shit makes everything worse because some book said it was happening everyone's quoting a prophecy they're just quoting some random prophecy that it just doesn't have any bearing on anything and not only does it not have any bearing on anything like the prophecy is meant to be the word the word of god and we all talked about like last album how the like structure of this universe is all based around like following the word of God. But there was literally a trial in which God did nothing and proved nothing and someone else proved that they were God. Like the emptiness of everyone's belief in God is like should come up more. They should be questioning this more. Uh, and finally they are doing so. Um uh and so this scene ends with those two like uh walking away and they haven't like resolved their differences he's like you want me to train to avoid getting innocent people killed but every innocent person is going to die anyway because that's god's plan uh, and she's like i don't have an answer for that <laughs> yeah he just goes please let me know when you do and storms off and it's like wow somebody actually made points 
Yeah. See, the scene ends with like a shot of, or like a panel, one panel of Ambelina alone, one panel of Claudio alone lying on his bed. Uh, and this is like the central rift between them, which I assume is going to like form uh, the conflict of the series. Yeah. Um, but then <laughs> at this low point, we cut back to Ryder who has gone fucking insane and is like calling uh, Erica's phone and is like, hey, oh, my machine hasn't been working. How are you doing? Are you going to come back anytime soon? I'm, I'm really sorry about the proposal. I, I, I wanted it to be more romantic. I didn't want to have puke hanging from my mouth. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just need I just need to hang, hear your voice. Uh, are you even listening to these messages? Can uh, I just say he uh, also says, maybe it'll be a great story for our kids someday, right? Uh-huh. Now, children. Now, children. <laughs> Let's tell them, let's all talk about the time that your father uh, <laughs> threw up on the lawn and tried to propose to me. <laughs> and I drove away calling him an idiot. <laughs> was like, in, what a good day in, that was. In my defense, he was an idiot. <laughs> uh, um, but then so he's like, are you even listening to these messages, Erica? And then suddenly Ambelina appears before him and grabs his hand and says, that's not my name. Ambelina is naked. She's still naked. And she's ripped is, as hell, by the way, because <laughs> oh, everybody in this comic, comic is, so is ripped. Uh, it's yeah, like um, it. This happens sometimes in comics when, because of how like most comic superhero comics and most people in superhero comics are like so alarmingly ripped, you have stories about supposedly regular people, and everyone's just so fucking ripped. Yeah, like Ryder, who appears that he probably could not get himself out of his own room without like thirty <laughs> minutes of effort, is just jacked. He's so utterly jacked. Um. But uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ambelina appears to Ryder, and then we cut back to the fictional Ambelina boy, uh, and she's talking to Chase, uh, who remember, please remember, Chase is actually air quotes an adult, but also she's yes. a six year old. Chase has the same mind as all the other iRobots, but she wasn't artificially aged. Yes. So she's just got, like, the body of a six-year-old. Yeah. Um, so Ambelina's, like, crying into the table, like, the battle on Appity Prime really changed Claudio. I don't think she's crying. No, she's, she's not crying, like, but she's, like, oh, exhausted. I'm done with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's like, the battle changed him, and Chase is like, well, the battle changed all of us. You must trust in the prophecy. You must remain unwavering in the faith of uncertainty. You always knew this wouldn't be easy. And Ambelina's like, yeah, okay, you can say that, but you can shut up. Yeah, so what? what is Chase's deal? Like, she has special powers, and is it just because she, like, hung out with the other prize for so long that she's so into this concept, I guess? That, well, like, she it was the visual. Well, yeah, she is the visual. Like, she does have special powers. But what does that mean? Does, what does any of this mean? It doesn't mean anything, Jackson. Um, the thing is, like, for whatever, like, Chase, especially, who, like, resurrected all of the prize only to see them killed before her, maybe shouldn't be super into this prophecy. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but she's, like, the most convinced of, like, the will of God, um... Ambelina is basically like, right, if Claudio is uncertain, why are we so convinced something is wrong, that no mistakes are made? And Chase is like, oh, Ambelina, your job is not to question the creator, only to guide the crowing. And Ambelina's like, I'm not saying God's wrong. Meanwhile, God's fucking having a meltdown in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, there is a scream from the other room, uh, and it's Claudio, and they run off that way. And we're going to cut back to Ryder. Yes, every page cuts back and forth. Uh, Ryder's like, uh, 
trying to listen to me he's like skipping through his messages and it's all from his doctor being like hey you haven't refilled your meds you need to come in you're uh you you need to get some new meds you need to get some new meds uh you're probably having side effects uh you don't want to be like all fucked up again so come come in yeah they're like stressing like it's listen withdrawing is really bad you need to come in and get your medicine uh and he eventually just cuts back to i think it looks like a message that erica left at one point uh, no, I'm, it's a it's a message from like the doctor. He's like, I'm going to write you a prescription. Oh yes, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, so he just keeps like rewinding back on the part where he says, "I'm going," uh, and then Erica appears behind him and says, "I'm going," and he turns around like crying with an amazing paddle oh, of like so ridiculously gross. bad art. Uh, and he's like, Erica, I've been waiting for you. And uh, he grabs her and she's like, I'm going. As she falls to dust in his hand. And he's like, oh, great. It's not real. Fucking hell. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. I knew it. I knew it. My dust while wife. The just, while the message just keeps going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, and he so- takes a screwdriver and stabs the, the phone. Yeah. He, he stabs his answering machine. And then on the next page, we see him and he's surrounded by like demons and shadows and things like that. So he like mumble something about going crazy um we see uh, this claudio is, this is all all from the school of hacks first mental illness story yeah yeah <laughs> um uh uh but yes he's like going crazy he's like i'm going crazy and then it cuts to claudio he's like hello as if he can hear that yeah there's something there's something some kind of connection um but uh, Ryder just starts yelling i'm going i'm going and he goes and looks in the mirror and he puts his hand up against it, and he's staring himself in the eyes. And he, and he says, realized he's not staring himself in the eyes. Right. Yeah, so... He's staring Claudio in the eyes. Yes. Uh, uh, like, on one side of the mirror is, is Ryder, on the other side of the mirror is Claudio, and he's like, so, this makes him so mad that he just stabs the mirror uh, with, the, um, with the screwdriver. Yeah, which he doesn't just stab the mirror with the screwdriver. He stabs the mirror through his hand, which was on the mirror with the screwdriver. And then on the next page, we cut to Claudio who has also stuck his arm to a wall with a screwdriver screaming. I'm going to kill all of you. Yes. And that's where we end the first issue of the comic. Uh, Amblin and Chase looking in going, what the fuck is going on? Like, this probably, gone completely ex- probably not and good. Is like gone so unstable that he stabbed a mirror and the like um, screwdriver went through into his fictional world and stabbed his character's hands. So it all bodes well for the future. This all seems like it's going to go great. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. It's no biggie. We know that was a big, a big lot of stuff, but oh god, it's here. The comic has begun. Good Apollo. <laughs> We're here. I have to get more comics now. I need to read these. I'm actually interested in what the fuck's happening. Because uh, yeah, they're finally addressing all the actual conflicts. Like, why do we care about what the fuck God says? God's clearly an idiot. And he's uh, clearly left us behind because this other asshole is committing literal genocide daily. <laughs> yep. Um, and like... Uh, all the stuff with Ryder just has him being the most pathetic, just the most like, fuck off. Erica is clearly in the right. Uh, this guy is breaking down. Everyone's having a bad time. Uh, it's 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 a decent comic. It's like I think it looks bad. I'm not a fan of the art. I know you like it more than me. I think it's okay. Well, it's not like I like really in love with it, but I think it's maybe the best it's looked in these comics. It's uh, the most like consistent. Yeah, and also like the other thing is that like mostly people kind of look grossed in the other two. 
like you know um with ryan especially like he's just a big wart man uh alec killer just as gross all the time maybe it's just because we haven't run into really a ton of gross characters yet but uh, things look a lot better and less disgusting well, to me, my problem with the art in this comic is that I think there's actually some good art. Like, the first opening page of him running in is very good. Uh, there's some good imagery, especially in the flashbacks to um, uh, Ryan's execution. Uh, but I just hate the coloring. It's like the digital coloring. It looks like a, a Ultimate Marvel comic from, like, 2003, but darker. It's really flat um, and dark and dull. There's not a lot happening in it. Well, no, it's it's not flat. It's, like, digital coloring. Um, oh, okay. Well, I don't know shit about sorry. comics, so you yeah, go sorry, ahead. Sorry, like, flat coloring means something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Well, I don't know anything about words That's or right. comics. No, no, I will I will provide the terms. Yeah, flat coloring is, like, the first, uh, the, like, first half of the first comic, where everything's in, like, blocks, uh, and the colors are very expressive and bright, uh, whereas this is very, like, uh, muted digital coloring. Everything's got, like, uh, a gradient on it. It's it's oh I just, I just don't like how it looks at all. Um, yeah, okay, faces still fair. look a bit weird, but in a in a way that's mostly expressive. Like Abelina's face is mostly pretty good. Um, uh, it's for the most part less horny and unless it's like explicitly sex scenes, which is good. Yeah. Um, Chase's face is still fucked up. Chase still has bad proportions. Nobody knows how to draw children, I guess. Yeah, like I will put the panels in the in the post. Uh, but the final panel where he's like, "I'm going to kill all of you," uh, has Amblina and Chase in the background. Amblina looks fine. Chase is just like looks like the uh, American Harry Potter drawing covers. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? No, you got it. Yeah. But that's the comic. We hope you are in for the ride. Uh, like I said, we are going to be reading these as we go. We're not actually going to like read too far ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah, I, I'll probably pick up the next couple and check them out just so I'm ready. But this is yeah. this is exciting stuff. I have a subscription on Comicsology that picks up the new issue every month. Yeah, I, I should also do that right probably. Um, and I'm gonna I'm going to follow along. Uh, I'm probably just going to read each each uh, issue before we uh, cast about it. Our plan is to do one issue a week with the song. Uh, hopefully this will line up with the songs. This one lines up with the first song. The second one definitely lines up with the second song. The third one might not, but that's going to be a problem. Oh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, um, so we had our intro song this week, Keeping Keeping the Blade, uh, which, yes, which the intros Blade, the album. Yes, the uh, it is like a combination of the two intro songs. Um uh, I will. We, I played the full thing for this episode, but I will play a shortened version in the intros future because it's like too long. Yeah, yeah it's it's a full two podcast. two minutes. So, uh, and then um, we get always and never, uh, which is this one. thing to say is that the random baby noises don't mean anything they they're just nothing put them there. they're they they're are nothing. in there i think it's supposed to i don't know is it just him being like you thought it was dark before yeah like it just sets the scene of like oh there's ba- weird creepy baby noises and then the uh like as he says these lyrics which i need to get the lyrics up as per usual i've forgotten how we do these 
Uh, it's very good. Uh, yep. As beauty sits, the child's kiss. Uh yeah okay let me find the lyrics let's uh let's, let's do this so so um go on uh which 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 I'll just start from the beginning yes okay so if beauty sits the child kissed of laughter I amend could you catch her if she runs with this I would share with you all of this count to no ends behind your sealed eyes you miss all that I've done for you will you catch me when I run if timing plays evident what will you say when you're late um whatever it's just he is setting the scene being like oh what if we could be together what if this could happen what if uh, this what if this oh look at the how pleasant this song sounds and it does sound pleasant and all this baby noises and nothing could go wrong and the chorus at the end is like oh i'm still waiting here for one kiss from you i'm still waiting here my dear to kill all of you to kill all of you and then the song ends and you're like wow Coheed and Cambria are back. <laughs> back, baby. We're on the bullshit. Let's do it. Uh, yep. And then it leads into the next song, which is their most famous song. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so you've probably heard Welcome Home before, but that's... You've probably heard Welcome Home. Week. It's in rock band. It's in movie trailers, things like that. So you Always will know it. It's a complete non-song. It is an intro track. I have basically nothing to say on it. It's fine. Yeah. Usually it, when I listen through to the album, I start with Welcome Home. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I usually start with Always and Never. I think it, I think it's decent okay. enough. It's it's kind of nice. I'd give it a six. Yeah. It's fine. Sure. Six. Yeah, sure. That's that's a yeah. number. But that's that's it. That is a long, beefy episode as we are back. We're back in business. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you all for returning to this journey. Welcome. Ooh. Welcome back to Good Apollo. We're in there. It's time. It's all happening. It's all kicking off. God. Thank you very much. Where can we find you on the internet, Molly? Uh, you can find me at audioentropy.com where I do a bunch of other podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at your friend Molly with a Y E R and at patreon.com slash Molly Reinbeck. You can find me at Headfalls Off on Twitter. You can find other podcasts we do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, there is Abnormal Mapping, a game club podcast at thebestgame.club. A second Officer Slug is a Star Trek podcast at starttrekpodcast.space. We read Star Trek books, we watch Discovery. Uh, novel Not New, visual novel podcast at the abnormalmapping.com. Doesn't have a URL yet. Uh, Fireside Friends at firesidefriends.net. Um, that is Ryan. Uh, Alan and Katie's show. Katie is now back hosting. I'm very excited. Uh, the Great Gundam Project is a Patreon exclusive podcast that if you subscribe for patreon.com slash abnormal mapping uh, and subscribe for one dollar a month, you can enjoy it. Uh, I may have forgotten stuff. That's, I, there's so much stuff every plug zone and I'm always like, oh god, I've recorded a whole podcast. Whew, need to lie down. Uh, but that's it. That is the plug zone. Thank you very much for listening. Can I give a shout um, out real quick to a very specific person on the NeverEnder DVD? I would like to give a big shout out to the dude playing the bongos going hard every single song on oh, that album he's playing those bongos so hard he's he's magical if you ever go and watch that concert uh check out that bongo guy he's getting it next preview for next week <laughs> we talk about the documentary yes <sighs> goodbye goodbye we'll kill all of you or not who knows
With this I would share with you all of this count to knowing Behind your sealed eyes you miss all that I've done for you Will you catch me when I land? Timing play evident What will you say When you're playing Stay with me And fall asleep Pray to God For now Bad dreams Stay with me And fall asleep Pray to I'm still waiting here, my dear, for one kiss from you. So here I am. I'm still waiting here.